is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. How cool would it be if every time you took a vacation, you knew confidently that your business back at home was still making you money? while you were gone on your vacation. Well, in this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, I'm gonna talk to my client, Jeff Hager from Nixco Plumbing. We're gonna talk about how do you get away from your business, set it up so that you don't have to be there all the time, so you can go out and have fun, and your company's still gonna run and still gonna make money while you're gone. Sounds good, right? Well, listen in. You're really going to like this episode. Jeff's a fun guy, so let's get to it. All right. Welcome to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. And with me is Jeff Hager with Nixco Plumbing. And uh, Jeff, tell everybody, give give everybody your kind of your 60-second story. Kind of where did your business come from? What does your business look like today? When we started this back in 1978, we were a small service company that basically did anything that put dollars on the dollars on the books. And as we grew, we started doing high-end commercial, high-end residential homes. Then we moved over, and because of our reputation on the residential side, commercial contractors asked us to do their work. So we were doing basically just new residential and new commercial work. And then I came on and we start, we grew it. We basically almost doubled in size once I graduated from school. And then back in 2005 or so, we realized that we needed, we had one service guy that was just there to service our work that we did to go back on warranty calls or anything else like that, that existed. 2006, seven, we said, Hey, we need to really start growing our service division. And so we went full bore into how do we go about growing that. And that became a focus for us. And we grew it to, it was just a, you know, marginal. You're trying to get over that million dollar hump and then you finally got over that hump and then you try to get to the next one, you get over that next, that next hump. And so now we have a 60, a 60% new construction, both residential commercial company and 40% service company that does both commercial and residential service and um, still trying to, once again, to grow that service side, but as everybody out there knows, trying to find technicians and service people has been very tough. So we're at a level where we're, we're having to work with what we have and trying to keep maintain our level of service to our customers with a shortage of manpower. So we're happy where we are, but we would still love to keep growing that service division some more. Sure. It's kind of flatlined. What are the what are exactly the services that you offer? I know you're offering plumbing. Yeah, we basically are strictly the plumbing and the drain cleaning cameras for both, like I said, residential and commercial uh, houses and facilities. That, that's that's all. we don't offer any HVAC electrical. We do excavation work, sewer replacements, and sewer repairs, water line repairs and replacements. We do not do any uh, pipe bursting or pipelining and stuff like that because. It came to the Cincinnati area. A lot of people got into it really fast, and then you had those guys out there becoming low-cost providers. And once they became low-cost providers, it wasn't worth our time 
an effort to buy that material and then have to compete against somebody that's doing it very inexpensively. Right. And how many um, how many trucks out on the road every day? Well, we're running right now just four service trucks with two sitting waiting on. Like I said, we we had six guys and one of them moved away, and then one we parted ways with. But so we've got want to get back up to six, and our actual goal was to be at seven at the end of this year. But it, it's going to be tough to be at that point. Our long term goal a few years ago was to be at seven, and it's just. You know, can't find them. Then on the new construction side, we're still running like uh, ten or ten or eleven crews over on that side. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the big side of your of your business. So one of the things, you know, one of the things about you, and we when we see each other at events and um, and we talk, um, there's always kind of the the joking of you know taking time off and I'm going here and I'm going there. And one of the things I really thought would be great to talk to you about is how you take that time off, how you, you know, get out of your business so that you can go and have some fun. Because I think too many business owners think that, A, they can't take time off, B, maybe they can't afford to take time off, both, you know, financially and and, and time constraint wise. And I think that that's really harmful. I think we need that time to recharge and, and re-energize. So what is your kind of, what's, what's your thinking behind that of taking time off? Well, like you said, you, you got to do it. And it was hard. It was really hard at the beginning to do that. I mean, because my dad would not always do that when he was younger. When, when I came onto the business, all of a sudden you started seeing him take one week, then two weeks, then a month, then two months, and then all of a sudden they were gone for five months at a time. <laughs> um, so now what I, what I've done was I've, if you have a good support staff around you, which I, I do, I mean, both my, both of my managers in the new construction and in the service side are really good at what they do and they don't sit there and expect you to be there every day, which is nice. And some of them actually will do whatever they can not to contact you in any form or fashion while you're away. So, uh, I just, at that point, I went and tried, you know, I, I went away for a weekend here and then one for another weekend there. And now it's, it's gotten to the point where my mom will say to me, do you ever work? And I'm like, no, you got to, it's, people are asking you to do things. And if you're able to get away, you have cell phones now, you have laptops, you have, you know, iPads, all that stuff in some form or fashion. You're still able to connect if needed, but you'll find yourself that, you know, with a cell phone, you can answer most questions or that if you put processes in place and have procedures and processes there that they know how to do, people will be able to pick up everything that they're doing, that you were doing and do it for you. Yeah. And probably, and in a lot of cases, probably even do it better than we would do it. Oh, no one can do it better than me, but (laughs) I'll let them think that. (laughs) So what was the first kind of, what was the first process or system that you tackled? That you knew you had to, that you that you had to have a system in place for in order for you to be able to not be there. Well, I do all one of my key jobs, and I've been doing the same one here for since I got out of college. So we're going back 20 plus years. Is I do all the buying for everything that goes on, and so I can do it. You know, just boom, boom, boom. It's just second nature to me. I know what the products are. I know what codes are. And, 
And so that's been the hardest part is to train someone to do that. And I've been training them to do it over a period of time because that is the biggest thing. When a, a service technician or a plumber out in the field needs something, they need it now. And so we're training that person or people in here how to do that so that we can keep the system in place as to we know what we bought, where we bought it, how we bought it, and it's always there. So I started training my one of the, the women here in the office on doing that. So now I can be away, she can get in and do that. And she just, she does her best attempt at getting that all put together so that when I come back, I can look at it and if there's anything that needs to be changed, I can change it or fix it for her. But the order is placed, the service tech is taken care of, the plumber's taken care of, and we can keep moving on our day-to-day -day process. And you hate when it's a problem of mine or I hate it because I like that control of when a service tech goes out there and just buys something at a supply house and then they walk in and let's say they pay $10 for it and I normally pay $1.50 for it, something yeah. like that. But that's just one of those little pet peeves that I have, but I want to keep it, keep everything uniform. So that that's probably one of the biggest things we have is on that side. As far as, you know, the service side of it now with the, with the dispatchers and the CSRs and the managers, I, I really don't have to touch much with that. If they have a true question, a true issue with a customer, they will call me or ask if they can call me. But like I said, with key people that have been in place for a while, they, there's not, there wasn't that much to do except for get it in my head that I could leave. Which is a lot of times, that's kind of the hardest part, isn't it? Is oh, just yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is just convincing ourselves that, okay, I'm going to go away now. I'm going to go away for a day. Once you do, you find out it's not that bad. Right. It's not that bad. And then you try it for a couple of days. I was, I was, we were talking uh, briefly before we, we uh, started recording this that um, I went into the strategic coach program years ago. Um, and uh, the first thing that you do when you get into the strategic coach workshop is they make you start thinking about taking days off. And the guy that founded the company, Dan Sullivan, takes 150 days off a year. And uh, it's a pretty damn good number, 150 days off. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I have a real tough time with, you know, well, I don't even look at it how many together. When you stop and look at your calendar and you say, oh, I'm only working 15 days this month, or I'm only working, yeah, 12 days this month. It's like, oh, wow, what are my guys going to think? Well, we'll do what we can. Well, and, you know, that's something we have to get past as owners. That was something I actually had a really tough time with is what are the people going to think if I'm not there? And as I've gotten older and I've been in business now over 25 years, it's a whole lot easier. I don't care as much because it's, I think it's very clear on, okay, this is what I do. This is, this is my job in the company. And these are your jobs in the company. Um, it shouldn't. You would think it wouldn't. It shouldn't matter. And you're right. I think that's something that you have to. It takes some time to get over. Uh, as far as yeah, you know, what are they going to think? Or God, does this guy ever work? Yeah. And uh, and I, what I've seen now is in my interactions with my managers, they, they I mean they definitely are, are very positive in their upbeat and upbeat in their conversations go have a good time we'll leave you alone don't don't worry about it but I also find myself telling them that this is like uh, trying to explain to, to 
to some of them on some of these trips, quote unquote trips, that they're not always fun trips. You know, yeah. if you go away for an association meeting, some of those you might be gone for a week and they think that it's all fun. Yeah. Well, you know, it, these are work where you're actually going to learn things and then you're working, trying to work the office side of it in between because you are gone sometimes for an extended period of time where you do have access to a computer. But when you're taking a true vacation vacation, it's the end of the day before maybe you'll come in and check on your business to see how it was doing. And half hour, 45 minutes, you just did your eight hours worth of work because there's right. no one there to bother you too. Right. It's all about, it, it's really, it becomes more about pro productivity and results, not so much the hours that are put in. Um, let me ask you something, you know, going back to this people topic, because I think people is a, is a big one. I think it, it stops a lot of owners. Do you pay your people well? Yes. And I bonus them too. And I think that has a lot to do with them staying. If the company's making money and making decent money, you know, it doesn't hurt to keep, it's a lot easier to keep the people you have than it is to find new people and that that raise or that bonus or whatever it takes to keep them. It's a lot easier to keep somebody that knows your systems, knows your processes, than to go out and just say, okay, fine, uh, just, go, just leave or whatever the case may be. Um, it's easier to keep them than it is to replace them. Sometimes you don't realize what the market price is for those individuals because they've been with you for so long that even if you were giving them raises or bonuses or whatever, the market may have passed you and you didn't realize it. And so and that happens. And so you, you adjust it and you move on. I mean, I had a, one, of, one of the managers came to me uh, at one point in the last couple of years and said, hey, I, I got an offer. I said, well, let's talk about it. And by the time the meeting was over, his offer was laid on the table. I threw it away and he was good. And moved on like it's no big deal but you've got to you got to take care of them and let them know that you care invite them to do it's not like we go out and hang out every day but you know they do realize i do appreciate everything they do for them you know and it's paid well yeah you know what's interesting is that you hear both sides of it and i know you've heard this too from uh staff because you know with your role at qsc um, quality service contractors, you, and, and you know a lot of people, other plumbing company owners, and they bring their people um, to the events and things. Uh, you'll notice a kind of a, a, an interesting dynamic is you have the people that work for somebody like you, and it's really not a big deal that Jeff works when Jeff works. If he works three days this week, great. If he works five days this week, it doesn't really matter because the company's growing, the company's profitable, and they're being taken care of. And so if you got that stuff in place and it's not chaotic in the office and there's processes and systems, then they're kind of okay with you leaving. But then you hear the other side of it, and you and I have both heard this, is you hear those people saying, I can't, you know, this guy, he just he's never there, things are a mess. The payroll checks are bouncing. The guys aren't happy. They're this, they're that. Then they're pissed off that the owner's leaving and he's not there. So if you got a good work environment, you're paying your people well, and they have processes and systems and it's not a chaotic workplace, great. You're not there. They, I don't think they mind.
But if it's a chaotic workplace and you're not taking care of people, would you agree with that? Yeah, most definitely. And you've got to you've got to have everything in place before you can even leave to begin with. And and you'll even see that, and I'm sure you have too, that you know you're leaving on to go out of, to go wherever on a Thursday. You're gonna work whatever you like crazy Monday through Wednesday. Yeah. To get everything you've possibly done, and ever and you can you pre-plan in your head what's gonna happen Thursday and Friday, and you're talking to your managers what's coming up Thursday, Friday, and I actually look at Monday because what they needed for Monday or whatever, I have to have done by Wednesday. Yep. And so I'm, they're always, and they're all aware of it. They're all, they're, and then they go and start chasing down the people they're managing to get all the information they need that they think they would need for me. And it works out very well for that. And I, and, and planning ahead, you learn to plan ahead when you're going out, when you're going out of town, even a, a week at a time, you definitely will plan ahead for that. It's a little different because now you're thinking about what, everybody's in need for a 10 day period instead of just right. a two day. Period. Well, and the crazy thing too, I, I have always found this anytime I'm going to go away for whatever reason. I, and I think it's because you just, you created deadlines, you know what needs to get done. And so you do whatever it takes. So if I'm going to go away on a, on a break for whatever a week, two weeks, whatever the, whatever the number is, by the time that you've left for the most part, Everything gets done. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, you have people that work well under this self-imposed stress and the others that don't. But you find yourself just flying through stuff. Yeah. Getting it done, getting it done right. But that stress level, knowing that you have these things that you have to get done, you start knocking them off. You got a list and say, this, 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 and you feel all of a sudden you're leaving Thursday morning. But at noon on Wednesday, you're like, oh, it's all done. Right. For the next four hours, I am just going to whatever comes in. We're not starting anything new. We're going to clean up any issues that come up. But when you go to leave Thursday morning, it's like no big deal. Right. What, what, is, that, what is that saying? It's something like um, work will expand uh, based on the time that you give it. So, like, for example, if you have a project that really should take you a day, but if you give yourself a week to do it, It'll take a full week to do it. Yeah, I believe that. So you'll have, you know, if it's an, it, let's just say using, you know, hours in project terms, if it's something that should take you eight hours to do, if, but if you don't impose that deadline on yourself of, okay, this needs to get done by the end of day, um, and you say, ah, oh, it's okay, I can do it, you know, I can, if I get it done by Friday, it's okay. Now you you have the potential of being productive for eight hours, but unproductive for 32. And now this project that should have taken eight took 40. True. And that's, I think I've always found that to be, I've always found that to be the case. And it's actually something I work on a lot is, you know, how do I tighten my deadlines so that I, you know, don't waste so much time. Yeah. We, I just got back from a, a small peer group meeting last week. And I was out of the office Thursday and Friday again, and I have this list of things I want to accomplish. And now I'm keeping that list in front of me and highlighting or crossing off those items that I've done. And so, yeah, it's like you can either accomplish the big ones or knock out the little ones. But when you start seeing those items highlighted or crossed off, you, you feel good, you know, and, okay, I'm working my way through this list of things we want to get done. 
then you say to yourself, like you're saying, well, I've got a month to do that one. Will I wait till the end of the month to do it or right. <laughs> get, get right to it? Right. You know, one of the things that I find business owners doing a lot is saying something to the effect of, well, you know, that's that's all well and good for for Brian and Jeff, but they don't understand. My business is different. And in all of my experience, there have been very, very few times where I've actually found that to be true. Like like you were saying earlier about your CSRs, your dispatchers and your managers in a plumbing but let's you're in the plumbing business, so let's use that as an example. I can also, you know, use similar examples for roofing companies, bath companies, window companies. But you know, in the bath space, aren't those jobs pretty much the same? Yeah. In ninety percent of the companies. Mm-hmm. They're all doing the same thing, whether it's a plumbing technician or roofing, a roofing installer, or HVAC tech, plumbing tech. Yeah. CSRs are all the same. The dispatchers are all the same. Even the software is the same, right? <laughs> you know, there's to some extent it is. It's, yeah, just different bells and whistles. So when it comes to, I think what a lot of people do is they make that process of creating systems and processes in their business so much harder than it needs to be. Like, you know, um, you mentioned the peer group, and I mentioned that you're involved with QSC. But man, if you go to QSC, if you go to a group like a QSC, and you just start talking with the other owners there, I, I could come to you and ask you, hey, Jeff, I'm in a non-competing market, a thousand miles away. I run a plumbing company. I want to grow my business. I want to systemize things so I can get out of the truck or I can get out of the office so I can work on growing the business. Can you help me with my CSRs, the people that answer my phones. And in half an hour or an hour conversation, you could provide me with scripting that you guys use and a conversation with you. Okay, how do I train people to do this? And there you go. There's a system, a really critical, important system in your business that you solved relatively quickly. And that's one of those benefits of joining some sort of organization like QSC, PHCC, ACA, any of those things, that there are probably other organizations within inside of them with fellow members that are more than willing to share information and help you grow. Because, you know, I don't really want to, even in my own market, I want to train the people that I work with to make them better. Yeah. Because once they realize that they're better, then all of a sudden everything starts to blend together or, you know, they realize what it costs to do business. Some of them guess. And if everybody knows what their true cost of doing business is, that everybody gets to be a, a better company. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. So it's really, I want to, I want to point that out to the people that are listening. I want you to hear what he just said, even companies in his own market. So the people that I know that really are, really kind of at the top of their game that are really high achievers that are really successful in their businesses and their companies. They're not really afraid so much of their competition as much as they would rather their competition kind of up their game because then it allows yeah. you to run your, to really run the, 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 the business the way you want to do it, charge the prices you want to charge, 
because everybody else is understanding, hey, we can't just go out there, do crappy work and be the low ball in the market. That's right. And, and one of my favorite sayings that I and a lot of people possibly have heard me say is that I say, raise your prices, do less work, make more money. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people out there just beating themselves over for that, you know, the low to be that low cost provider or that's all they realize that is available that I can't raise my prices. My customers won't. My customers will leave. They won't leave. I mean, they will stay with you and you might lose some, but maybe they weren't your customer. Yeah. But by doing that, you can do everything that you want to do with your life too. with that. If you figure out what it's going to cost you to do that and then charge accordingly. At the end of the day, you can take those days off like I do and probably many others out there do. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's about the business needs to earn a profit. And this is something we talk about a lot over here is, and I'm glad you said that, business has to earn a profit. Otherwise, there's, you know, why does it exist? Profit is not a bad word. Profit is not a bad word. And a lot of people make it a bad word. And it's, you know, it's, it's. It's too bad, but you're right. I mean, the only way that you're going to be able to build a, a company that is going to serve you and serve your your life and your lifestyle and your family is by being profitable. And nobody's gouging, you know, nobody's saying, oh, gouge anybody because that doesn't last. You may be able to do it for a couple months, but it's charge, charge the right price so you get the right profit. But what happens a lot of times is you also, it forces you to become a better company. It forces you to provide better value to your customer. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, you mentioned that it's, they're not going to leave as long as they're getting good value from you and they trust you and they like you. They're not going to leave if you raise prices. No, they don't. Well, we tried that to see, and, it, and you know, you will lose some and that's okay. There's always someone out there that's going to be right. cheaper or less expensive, whatever the case may be. But, Life goes on. Some will, some won't. So what next type of thing. Right. So oh, I'm so glad. You, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up is, is because all of this stuff is tied together. Right. So if you've got a business where you're if you're everything swirls around you and nothing gets done unless it goes through you, you don't have much of a business. What you've got is a pretty shitty job. Yeah, that, you're not a, an employer, you're the employee. Right, and you're struggling all the time because there's only so much you can do on your own. And so you've got to figure out, like in your business, in the plumbing business, and when I was in, so in the carpet cleaning business that I was in, that was my first business, I luckily realized very quickly that, if I wanted to have a business, it wasn't about having one truck. I had to have multiple trucks. And so my whole thing was, how do I get myself out of the truck? How do I get myself out of the truck? Once you do that, then that frees you up to work on the things that are important, like marketing, lead generation, proper pricing, proper purchasing of materials, company experience all of those important things that build a company and grow a company. Very true. I have friends that are small companies and I don't understand. I, I mean, I don't have a clue how they do all that they do. 
Yeah. And still happily have hair. I mean, I have a friend of mine that looks like he's really, he went into business for himself in the last few years and he's really aged. But at the end of the day, he's doing all that stuff that you just mentioned yeah. and still in that truck. And he needs to get out of that truck. Needs to get out of the truck is right. Yeah. Some of them don't have that mentality or like you said, they're afraid to do that because they feel that they're the only ones that can do it. Yeah. But there's other people out there that can do the same work you do and maybe even better. Yeah. Well, I know in a lot of cases, like, you know, when we had, you know, our companies were, were very, so my first three companies were basically the same business model as yours. And it was all about technicians in the truck. That was the hardest thing as you're experiencing as well. That was the hardest thing. Once you kind of got past that, the CSRs in the office, the managers, the dispatchers, those were systems and processes that could be created. They're teachable, they're trainable, and they're pretty easy to manage. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I would be the world's, I'd be the world's worst CSR. I'd be the best CSR in the world for the first two phone calls. After that, you know, take me out back and shoot me. I'd go lame because it's just not what I'm good at. It's just not my strength and it's not what I want to do. But there are people out there that would love to do that, you know, that would love to talk to new people constantly every five minutes on the phone. There are, there are, there's definitely, and it, even back, let's go back a few years ago when times were tough and you, you did every job in the, in the company. I enjoyed talking to my customers. Yeah. I thought it was, it was, it was really good. But I, as you said, after a while, nothing, you couldn't do anything else. Right. You, know, you were always on the phone. But I, it was a good refresher and good experience to do that, to take the service calls and, and figure out how to do everything with them. But at some point, you had I had to say, oh, well, you know what? I really need to get somebody else to do that from now on so I can do these other things that are piling up. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, there are people out there that can do it, and I can do it for a while, but not all day. So um – you know, kind of as we wrap up here, we were we were laughing earlier before, but you're tell me what you were telling me about your friend, the question that your friend asked you, and kind of how you had to answer it. Uh, I was talking. Uh, he sent me an email and he asked me, "What does your August travel schedule look like?" And I was like, "What? Someone's asking me my travel schedule? I've never had that happen before." So then I I sat down and I looked at it because I really didn't know, but uh, I'm going. I'm taking my kid and going to Florida the first week in August. I'm taking my wife and going to Michigan the second weekend in August. The third weekend or near the third end of the week, I'm t moving my one kid into school. And then I'm going to Knoxville for the rest of the weekend. She's going to Columbus. And then I'm going down to, with a friend of mine to go down to Knoxville. So that leaves me only like one week, one weekend left to do stuff. But that really... I mean, there was just things happening all the time, but it, it's funny when someone's asking you what your travel schedule is, that they, they're used to me being out of town now that much. Right. Well, every time I see you, that's, that's kind of like you're, you just came from, from this trip or this weekend, or, you know, you're doing this or you're doing that. And I thought, man, that's awesome. That's great. That's how it should be. I, I you know, and when I, when yeah. I next see you in October, that'll basically be starting my, um, what do you want to call it? My fall, winter travel schedule type of thing? Yeah. Might be taking all of September off from traveling and actually work in September so that October comes, I can uh, 
we start with, of course, QSC, and then everything else just kind of piles on for the rest of the month there. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, it is, uh, like you said, we talk about where I've been and what I've done, but it's, like you said, it helps energize you for when you come back and start again. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's, that's you know, as we wrap up here, I think that's really the, the important thing is that, you know, all of us are, are a little bit different, but I think, you know, in, in what, in terms of what we want and, you know, what we do and what's fun and, and all that. But the one thing I think we all have in common as business owners is we need to rest and recharge and be away from the business because that's going to help us. That's going to help us grow. Very much so. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with us today. I, I knew that, and, and well, at least it's inspiring for me to hear you talk about your August schedule. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. And I hope that the people listening were also inspired by that. Hopefully now you could take the rest of the day off. I think you're done. You did the Wealthy Contractor podcast. I think take the rest of the day off, Jeff. Oh, you know, you stressed me out to the max. I got to take the day off now. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, uh, I appreciate the time and for everybody listening. Until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalskian with G4 Marketing. All right. So that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today. I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor, I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com or just call us at 305 305- 856-8788 to schedule your free, no obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, we started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group.